Hello, and thank you so much for joining us once again. It is Nightly Pleasures Podcast, episode number 30. I am your host, The Grey Knight, and I think we have a bit of a special episode ahead, if I do say so myself. The first piece that you're going to hear is one that's very personal to me and one that I have not revealed ever before today. It's a written piece of erotica that I hope you enjoy as much as I enjoyed writing and reading it again. It goes by the name Painting the Sea at Night. I'm stirred, then awakened, by a flinching pain in my leg. Must have slept on it wrong. My fingers find the knot and press in, releasing heat and a slow throb that beats through my body in such a way that it pulses beneath my skin. I alternate between pressure and nothing, the tightness and the absence. Between the two and some time, the knot eases to the point that I can push my thumb deep into the twisted fibers. I flex my leg. I feel the tension ripple through until I'm sure I've regained motion to it again. And when I have, kick my leg over the side of the bed, press them into the ground, and attempt to leave it without waking you. The time doesn't matter. I know that I've woken, as I always do, long before either of us need to get out of bed, a habit that you find distasteful, but always take in stride. So I creep along the ground, take small, light steps, and move to the closet to take up some morning clothes, baggy shorts, and an ill-fitting tee, and step into them as best I can. You stir, but only give a sleepy moan, and do not even open your eyes. Then wrap the sheets tighter around yourself before falling back into a deep sleep. Flight down the stairs takes a minute, then another to the corral where we've parked our bikes, and I'm off not long after that. The morning wind rides right through me, and I cannot adjust to the cold of your city, or haven't yet. It creeps beneath my fingernails and behind my ears and Everywhere in between I'm not often touched, causing my lips to vibrate against my will. It will be colder soon, much colder. I wonder if I'll be able to get on the bike at all. It took some time, but I found a path there that's not so different from what I grew up with. The hills are smaller, but if you circle the streets in the right way, it's the same amount of climb and fall. I remind myself to count in meters, not feet, in clicks, not miles. I find it impossible to keep track of it all, and eventually just remember my route, and then, after the first circle, let my body do the rest. And the best part is the climb. When my lungs start to ache for a bit of air, when my face gets hot and stony, when I no longer have to hear the ringing of bells of people trying to pass me, because now I'm the one who's moving faster than anyone else. The moment it's over, it's missed, 
I stop pedaling, let momentum carry me forward. Others make bells ring at me to get past, on their hurry, to this or that. But I'm saving myself until the next hill, until the next time up. It's impossible for me to tell the time the way I could back home. The calculus is all wrong and the angle of the sun and the different times of day are light and dark. There's no mountains in the east here. The sea makes the clouds cancel out the sun and always, seemingly always, threaten rain. I might as well be on Mars. Then I dig in for the climb again, although my legs are getting a bit shaky. And I know I shouldn't push myself this time. I find my way back to you, trying to remember the streets because your street signs are in another language and not very large. They seem more inclined to confirm suspicions about geography instead of informing you. They whisper instead of trumpets, and it's another reminder of how far from home I am. Then I park my bike and lock it in place and make quick steps up the only place in the world that matters from wherever you happen to be. You're in the shower, and I'm glad, because it means I no longer have to tiptoe. Instead, I strut to the kitchen, turn on the electro kettle, and peel the shirt away from my damp skin. I toss it into a hamper, pour the near-boiling water into a cup with a bag of Darjeeling, and move to the living room. There, I throw open the balcony doors and step outside, while the heat from the tea and from within battles the cold air all around. My nipples shrink and contract while my heart slows and the steady pulse in my veins shakes my vision with each thud. You kiss my right shoulder blade, your eyes barely able to make it to my shoulder at all if I'm in shoes and you're not. Then you run your fingers down the side of my neck, digging into my skin for a light scrape, and then back over to the tip of the muscles again. The trail of your hand comes down over my chest, and you press your breast into my back. Embrace me for a moment, and then you're gone again. Footsteps fleet back to the bedroom, where a familiar creak informs that you've closed the door and are getting dressed. This has become our ritual. You taking a small piece of me from behind, not having the nerve to do it face to face. You kiss it all better, and scamper away to do your hair, or your face, or clothes, or any other minor touch that I never seem to keep up with, before you're ready to be seen. It's all too much that after all our time together, you still want to be invisible for a bit when you first wake up. It's you, though, and that demands respect for the ceremony, no matter how silly it is to me. I kill what's left of the cup and close the balcony doors. The world is just now starting to wake up, and there will be a steady stream of bikers and pedestrians coming now, and neither of us wants them to see in. It's not voyeurism if it happens less than two hours after waking. It's just lazy. And this is where I pull out your breakfast staples or start making something for you, on any other morning. But today, 
something takes me out of the kitchen, through the entrance, and to the bedroom, where I open the door and move in, leaving it ajar. You smile at me through the reflection, but maintain your attention on your hair and wordlessly stroke it. Your eyes focus on the silver glass again. I take quick, dedicated steps to you, pull the brush from your hand, and place it on the vanity before taking your wrists in my hands and spinning you towards me. I pull on them when our eyes align and bring you to your feet. What is all that escapes your lips? I push mine into yours and tangle them together in hard, sudden embrace that makes me feel your teeth through the plushness of them. Pulling back, I look into your eyes and ask, who do you belong to? You. A soft smile and a look to the ground before back to me. That's right. My hand slides up yours past the arm and the shoulder and against the front of your neck. There, my thumb pushes into your larynx, slowly, but with decisive force. It coaxes a yelp from you, and then a moan, and then what I can only call purring. But it's not enough, by far. So the thumb relaxes and slides to the side of your neck, and I wrap my forefingers over your voice box, I do not tighten my grip or dig in. I already feel remorse for the amount that I force you to wear a turtleneck, scarf, or some other disguise, and while I want so badly to bruise you, I don't want to do it there. This gesture, this is to hold you, is to make you mine all over again. A renewal of contracts, a demonstration of loyalty, and everything in between. The pressure I put into my arm guides you, and without a word or an iota of resistance, you start moving backward as I drive you to the wall and then against it. Then my grasp tightens. Not much, but enough to make you groan through the touch. You are mine, all mine. Your eyes pierce right through me, and for a moment, I know that I am your world. You are wrapped and enthralled and waiting anything that I say. And it is the power over you that is so intoxicating. My free hand rises to stroke your left cheek. It cascades down the naked areas of your neck, your shoulders, your arms over your stomach, and then back up to play over your breasts before returning to your face. I stroke your cheek with my left hand and periodically tighten and loosen the grip on your neck with the right. Where do you want me to mark you today? Do I have to? You ask. A small, sarcastic smile creeps into your lips and your eyes twinkle like all the lights at night. I thrust my right arm forward, taking the oxygen from you as I press your neck into the wall until there's no resistance, until I can hear you gasping and see your chest heave for the want of air. I'm sorry, you say, and when that gets nothing, you repeat it twice in pleading rasps. I'm sorry, 
I'm sorry. Release. Oxygen returns to your lungs, and you lean against the wall. It only takes a few seconds before you smile again, this time more earnestly. This time, the light in your eyes isn't for mischief. It's for something I cannot describe, no matter how hard I try. We lock eyes for a moment before I pull back and cross my arms. Where? I ask it in a neutral tone, not in particular caring for the answer. Wherever you choose is good enough for me, and I will make the most of it. Anywhere but the ass, you say. Where? This time, my tone is not neutral. My breasts, you say. Your what? My tits, you say. Your tits what? My tits, daddy, you say. Good girl. I take two steps back and nod. Go on. You cup your breasts in your hands and show them to me. Present, really. Tilting back to show them off given the amount that I tower over you. They are slightly bruised from the last time you gave them to me like this, but it is faint, and I hardly doubt anyone would notice if they were not looking. The grasp I use is not a gentle one. I take them both at the same time, my hands cupping entirely around the outside, and dig in, push the nipple up from beneath. The idea here is to cause you intense, physical, sharp pain, and leave only slight bruises and tenderness. From the nature of your hiss and the fact that you are pushing forward to get away from the pressure as much as possible, I'd say it's working. A quick release, and then I thumb up and down your nipples, tapping them with wayward index fingers that tap along the sensitive tips of your breasts. Then I turn my hands 90 degrees and, this time, from the top down, repeat the process of falling into your flesh and pushing it out. When it's over, I have left 20 little marks in your breast that should turn into a nice little circle, or something near it. Then I crane my neck down, and the tip of your left nipple is into my mouth to suck. I pull it with every muscle of my mouth, not just my lips. I move it like a conveyor belt, inch by inch, until the whole of your areola is in me. Then I lick it tenderly, as though that will erase the suffering I've inflicted. I release it just as slowly as I took it in, giving it a tender lap of my tongue before placing a final kiss on it. I repeated the process with the other, then proceed to give sweet, long kisses to every part of you I've bruised so far. By the time I pull back, you're already smiling, as though you've never been treated so well. I smile in return, and take your hand in mine, and guide you to the bed. There, I pull you into my lap, and kiss you on the lips until we both have our fill. You glance at the time, and say you really have to go, and I let you up immediately. You bend over, and I can only see the marks on you. 
Your ass is tender from an especially difficult spanking session two nights before. Your back pockmarked with imprints of my teeth, designed entirely to make you convulse and cry out. It's hard not to find a part of you above the neck that isn't some mesh of green, blue, and black. As you dress, they fade from view, but the truth remains that you are my canvas, and every day I must cover you. And it's exactly painting the color of the sea at night. And I do hope you enjoyed that piece. It is very personal to me, and I enjoyed sharing it with you. Up next, it is going to go ahead and be a more typical piece for the show. It's a little one that I call Departure. fair. I go to bed looking like a million dollars and wake up looking like trash. You go to bed looking like a million dollars waking up looking like two. Mmm. <laughs> Just because it's early in two today doesn't mean I shouldn't be trying to charm you, should it? Mm. I know. I know. Don't make me get all misty-eyed again. I'm going to miss you, too. I'm going to miss you, too, so goddamn much. But I have to go. I know. I know. I'm going to think about you a lot. I'm going to think about that face, and that nose, and that lips. Maybe even both of them. I'm going to think about your hair, and your laugh, and the way you smell. I don't mean your perfume, I mean the way you smell. I'm going to miss the way that you sing. How you just sing theme songs in the middle of the day. I'm going to miss so much about you. But it'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. When I come back. Because all I really want to do is come back to you. And I hope you know that. I won't be away too long. It's just a couple of weeks. It'll fly right by. And every single night. I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss and miss and miss you. 
you're so wonderful. I think you're so good to me. I honestly don't know if I'd even have an opportunity like this if it wasn't for you. How you inspire me. Who you make me become. I love the way you smell in the morning. I do. I love how you fucking smell in the morning. I just want to get my hands all over you. I want to mess up that hair that's already pretty fucked up to begin with. <laughs> But I love you. I do. In my own way. In my heart. And I hope you can hear it in my voice. I love you. And I'm going to miss you. And I'm going to need you. I'm just not going to be able to get as much of you on a steady supply as I would like. The truth of the matter is, I so desperately want to be a part of your world, but I've got to, got to, got to take this opportunity. And it kills me. Because it's trying to balance two very simple things. You, us being together, and opportunities that could arise. And there's no sure thing. But, God, God, do I hope that there's something more. You know, you make me want it because I want to bring it to you. I want to give it to you. I want to have it with you. I think at every time I start swinging for the fences. Come on. Spread your legs for me. Just like that. Just like that. I can smell how delicious your pussy is from here. Will you look me in the eyes? Will you look me in the eyes as you reach inside your pussy for me? Mmm. I fucking hate the sounds of this morning. I hate that I'm gonna leave you. The cars... The people waking up, all of it. I'd throw it into the goddamn sea if I could. So please, give me this one last little bit to remember you by. Our eyes locked on each other as you push your fingers in and out of your pussy for me. I want you to come. I want you to come in this embrace. I have never known a woman to be more intimate 
or close than you, and it fucking terrifies me. It just makes me feel crazy and crazed and alone. But I'll be back. Now show me that beacon all lit up in your face. Come on, baby. Look into my eyes as you start pushing those fingers in and out. You are so fucking sexy. I want you. I'm going to think about this until I can take full goddamn advantage of you later. Spread your legs a little bit more for me. There we are. Now, please, just very carefully run a finger around your clit. There we go. You're starting to feel it now. Mm. You are so fucking sexy when you own this shit. Come on. There we are. Stroke that clip for me just a little. Just real nice and real easy. Oh, it's like the softest little touch. It's like just a little whisper from an old friend. But keep moving those fingers in and out as you do. Keep moving those fingers in and out as you do. There we go. Mm. I want you. I want you. I want you. God damn it. You think that's enough? You think that's enough for me? I don't goddamn think so. I said I needed to see you come. I need to see it in your eyes. You gonna give it to me? Or not? I want this so goddamn bad. Don't even think about reaching for my cock. Don't even think about reaching for that toy. I need it to be manual. I need it to be normalized. I need you to work for it because that's the memory that's going to sustain me. You understand that this is what I'm going to be taking to my hotel room night after night after night while I'm away. You, here, now, us, and nothing else. Push those fingers in deeper. Come on, baby. Come on. You know how much I need this. <sighs> there it is. There it is. Start rolling those hips. Start tightening that pussy up. Get around those fingers. Now, start really working that clit. 
Show me just how you like it, all the things you love about it. Now, fucking start pushing for it now. Push for that fucking orgasm now. I need this from you. You're not going to disappoint me, are you? You're going to give me exactly what I want, aren't you? Yes, you are. God damn it. Push for it. Stroke that clit. Hammer those fingers in and out. Hammer those fingers in and out. Stroke that fucking clit for me. I need this. I need this from you, and I need it from you now. 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 Come on. Come on. Come on. There it is. There it is. There it is. Don't fucking let go of it. Come on. I need you to come until it shakes. There. Chase it. Chase it. Right there. Come on. Come on. are so fucking hot I just don't even know what I'm gonna do with you <sighs> that's a lie I know exactly what I'm gonna do with you but like I said it's not till I get back I wish I wish my hand playing over your face and through your hair could show you, teach you, how I really felt about you. But it doesn't do you any justice at all. So I'm asking you to wait. Just wait a little. Just a little bit. Until we can get it all going. I'll be back for you, baby. I'll be back for you. And when I am, I'm going to rock your fucking world. And I hope you enjoyed that piece. Um, as you can hear, there's probably been a little bit of a shift in the content of audio quality. And that's okay, because right before you leave, everything has to explode you might also hear a screaming kitty, uh, but just because of the time constraints, we're going to have to deal with it. So, <laughs> buckle up. It's a fantastic day. All right. First up, we have a question from, as far as I can tell, first-timer Alliance. Maybe, possibly. Hi, Jack. Hello. It's question time. It's Alliance. I hope you're well and very excited about your trip to Europe, Thank which you. is so close now. It's freaking awesome. Okay. First question. Are you a fan of the Pikachu? And by that I mean, are you going to jump on the Pokemon Go bandwagon? I am. I'm waiting for Global Day, because I'll be in Europe, but I'm going to Pokemon Go my ass off as soon as it's available. I'm going to I'm gonna run, run, run. Uh, one, of my, one of my dreams is to hike the Appalachian Trail. And I'm just going to do that, except in a city. Just going after them Pokemons. 
it's a good bandwagon to be a part of. Can I just say I've had way too much fun with it. Alright, second question to do with Europe. So we know that you're going to be uh, recuperating, watching Game of Thrones and stuff when you first get there. Once you feel human again, where's the first, what's the first thing that you're going to do? First thing I'm going to do is set up my kitchen. I have a kitchen over there, and uh, so I'm going to set it all up. Uh, I'm, I've, I've alluded to being a little bit of a handyman in the past. Uh, the kitchen doesn't have enough shelf space from the pictures, so I'm going to install some shelves, and then I'm going to get some appliances, and then I'm going to get to cooking because I've missed it so. And third and final question, Game of Thrones related. Oh my. If you were in the Game of Thrones universe, no, 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 what no. house do you think you would oh, be on? Oh, no, it's a be bad in? place. And second part to that question, <clears throat> two-parter, hehe. <laughs> um, what house do you want to be in? Because it would be two different things. No. Anyway, thanks for everything, man. And I'm so excited for you for your trip, as I know that it's going to be freaking awesome. So catch you on the flip side. Thank you so much, Ali. Uh, I'm just going to say straight up, the house that I want to be in is the house I'm going to be in, because it's a hypothetical, and you asked me. So uh, the answer is probably Baratheon. Isn't that sad? But I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty Stannisy. Let's face it. So I think that's where I would go. Thank you again for all the lovely questions, Ali. All right, you're gonna hear some clicks because, <laughs> like I said, everything's on fire. <clears throat> Up next, we have a question from Joyful. Joyful. Hello, Jack. Hello. I hope you're doing well. Thank you. And I hope that you are having a snazzy week. Thank you. Um, I have a couple of somewhat complicated questions Let's for you. Um, the first, I was wondering about your opinion on where the lines are between performance art, pornography, and prostitution, uh, and where you think you fall on that spectrum. Ooh. Well, I, I've I've said it before. I'm a de facto sex worker, aren't I? Uh, if I were not orgasming sometimes, uh, I would probably just be a performance artist. So where's where's the line? Uh, I don't like prostitute. I do like sex worker, for me and everybody else. Um, where's the line? Do you get a paycheck for something sexual related? Uh, but yes, do I do I think that people on cam or what I do are are sex workers? Absolutely, I do. As for performance art and pornography, um, it's just about like, could you watch it with a monocle? I suppose is my is my standard for if it's art or not. That spectrum, if indeed it is a spectrum, um, I'm just interested to uh, hear your thoughts about those things. Uh, the second question is uh, whether most of the pieces you create are your fantasies uh, or if you're more often trying to cater to the, um, the fantasies of your listeners 
uh, or if more often they're just things that you find interesting as a writer or want to do because you haven't done before or whatever or because they're they're fun for you. Uh, yeah, I think that's about all my questions for now. I had another one and I forgot what it is, so maybe another time. Uh, have a wonderful and safe journey, and thank you very much for everything. Thank you so much. Uh, how adorable you are. So, it's a little bit complicated, the answer to that, because there are periods of each. So, I have a series of stories that all have four letter-long titles, and uh, I hope to make that a collection one day. But all of those are true. They're true to various degrees. The names have been changed. But they're all an actual experience to some degree or another that I had. And so those are all true. Some things, like me being a butler with a bad British accent, uh, total fan request. Total fan service. Uh, enough people wrote in and said, hey, please be submissive. Please do it this way. Please do it that way. Please put on a funny voice that that amalgamation happens. And then sometimes writing, frankly, um, is dispassionate. There's not passion in it. And that's kind of in between. Because I very much like going outside my boundaries as a writer. Uh, and I don't like thinking of myself as a performer, but I guess I am. And yeah, it can really straddle that line. So I'm often wearing a couple of different hats, but the takeaway is I wouldn't do anything I didn't really want to do, and I do enjoy it all very, very much indeed. Let's try again here with a question from Shiny Nessie. Maybe, baby. Hi, Hello. so I'm Nessie, and Hi, I'm going to try asking some questions, All right. but I'll probably be really stumbly, no. um, but I wanted to try anyways, Aww. and I hope that's okay. So, um, my first question is, what do you like about where you live? Like, <laughs> like not like your four walls and a door, okay. but like your neighborhood or your city or um what kind of things would you miss if you left and uh, uh i'm gonna miss the cuisine very much it's a regional cuisine that's not really served anywhere else in the world so i'm gonna miss that um it's also i'm gonna go in europe to a very different climate temperature wise i'm a little nervous about that uh i'm kind of used to what i'm used to so uh-oh uh, and those are the two biggest things that come to mind. Um, my second question is, what do you do when you can't fall asleep? Um, and how do you make yourself fall asleep? And Unfortunately, the answers are either booze, sleeping pills, or staring at the ceiling. So don't follow my path, kids. Find another one. And my third question is, uh, you mentioned that you like um, House, like mm. the TV show House, and um, House is my favorite. So <laughs> I was wondering um, if you had a favorite um, 
house quote or um if if there if there were any um moments on the show that you um really liked well as a writer i really enjoy it when you get to experiment and you get to do dream sequences or what's inside someone's head so season finales of house were always pretty great um and my favorite episode is the season six premiere i think it is where house is spoilers alert uh, in a mental institution so that is the one that I enjoy the most. Okay, a uh, couple more questions here from Nessie. We had so much fun with the first three. Um, okay, and my last question, which I hope you don't think is, um, this is really silly, uh, but you might, is, um, but I still want to ask. Uh, so I have a, a stuffy that I've had that that's very important to me and I love him very much and um he's he's in my lap right now Aww. and um and I have other stuffies too but um I've had him since I was um seven and I was going through um a rough period when I was seven even though you know I was seven but um, he was pretty much my only, uh, uh, source of comfort, really. Aww. And I'm just very attached to him. And I am most attached to him when I go to sleep. And I can't sleep without him, without, um, I can't sleep without holding him and I can't, I can't even nap without him being there, and that's been how it is every night. Um, but and and it's fine with me. But um, I my uh, my girlfriends and um, some even male friends and guys that have been interested in me uh, have said that that being dependent on a stuffy is is undesirable and creepy and um my girlfriends really don't like him because they think I'm too attached um uh and that I just need to uh to get rid of him and I've had guys be like weirdly jealous of me <laughs> uh or not of me but of of him i don't know i don't know what they were jealous of um and maybe later um i won't need him so much but right now it seems like i will never be able to sleep without uh him here so, my question for you is, uh, would you have, or would you, basically, how would you feel about having a, um, a girlfriend or a wife who, um, had to have their stuffed animal with you in, in bed in order to sleep, um, 
like would that be a problem and yeah so those are my questions and I hope that you're that you're gonna uh that you that you're doing well and that Miss Mrs. Kitty is doing well and um yeah bye thank you so much <clears throat> uh you're so sweet you're so adorable oh my goodness uh <laughs> um this is the second time you've mentioned your friends because you did mention it on the blog earlier teasing you about something and it sounds like your friends are frankly envious of something that you have and i don't know if it's your looks or your talent or your personality but i it really sounds like they want something that you have so i wouldn't give too much credence to to that is the first thing the second thing is of all the vices of all the bad habits of all the negative character traits of all the ill actions that somebody could do the idea that you could reject somebody because they really really liked a stuffed animal from their childhood seems pretty silly so to directly answer your question would i have a problem with a woman in my life who needed a single stuffed animal to get to sleep the answer is absolutely not and i hope she would tell me about why she bonded with that animal so much so thank you for all your lovely questions and all your lovely comments on the blog nessie uh we do have a question here now from liz hey jack hello i'm a new listener and i really enjoy your audios hooray so um i have a question for you okay have you ever been with or considered being with an older woman mm. let's say 10 years older at the most <laughs> i'm asking for a friend really oh, sure sure yeah uh-huh really mm. no seriously um Personally, I believe age is a state of mind, and it's really about who you click with. Mm. And granted, yeah, there are times when that age gap is just too big. But in general, what's your opinion on it? Anyway, have a great night. Thank you so much, Liz. Would I fuck a woman uh, who is 10 years older than me? Absolutely. Um, my celebrity crush is Emily Mortimer. She's about a decade older than me. Uh, I'm real into her. <clears throat> not just a little bit. I literally don't think I could be in the same room as her. I think I would just explode and blood would come just seeping out my nose and ears. I, I find her so beautiful and so funny and so charming. So, uh, absolutely. Uh, as far as age gaps in general, be careful. Be careful about somebody who is old enough uh, to not be... I just, there's no hard and fast rule. I know people say divide by two plus seven. There's no rule. But if your gut says, uh-oh, in any way, listen to it. Because somebody with more experience who's coming after you might not have the best intentions. And on that note, on to the next question. It is Kashmir Knit. Hi, Jack. Hello. I hope you're well. Thanks. 
So I have three questions for you today. Let's do it. Um, first, what kind of documentaries do you enjoy? Uh, second question. I enjoy off the wall slice of life documentaries. Um, I don't want to see anything too depressing. Uh, I know that's selfish, but there it is. So the documentary that I saw that I can't rave about enough um, is called Finders Keepers. And the premise is somebody buys a barbecue, a smoker, uh, from an auction. They find a human foot in it. They get fame and fortune for it. And the owner of the human foot comes back to claim their property. And that's all in the first five minutes. So absolutely, positively check that out. Uh, second question is what makes you get butterflies in your stomach? And your voice, baby. Always, always your voice. Also, about to put up a podcast that has varying audio qualities because I'm in a hurry. <laughs> uh, also, thinking about all the laundry that I have to do still because it's not last minute if you were doing a bunch of shit up until then, is it? The third and final question is what's on your bucket list? And um, thank you so much for answering the questions and everything that you make and do. And I hope you have a lovely trip to Europe. Thank you so much. You're so very, very sweet. I wish everybody could meet a fan just like you. Uh, I did allude to it earlier. I really want to hike the Appalachian Trail. I want to take the full two months and do it and just have a blast um, just go at my own pace. Don't go with anybody. Just go. Um, be one with my thoughts and maybe write a book in my head while I'm going along that path. I've always wanted it. I think it's so romantic. Uh, I enjoy everything about it. Up next, we have Sphinx Smiles. Hi, Jack. My Hello. name is Michelle, and Hi. I've got a few questions for you. Hooray. Number one, what is your Desert Island band book and or movie? I don't like the implication. We've just met Michelle and you already said you want to banish me to a desert island. I don't know about you. I've got my eye on you, Michelle. Uh, <clears throat> if it's a band, I want it to be a really big band with lots of men and women so that there's not something creepy going on. So I'm going to go with Polyphonic Spree. Uh, the book, I'm going to go with an encyclopedia. Might as well get my word on. Or maybe like a giant book of crossword puzzles or Sudoku, something like that maybe, could keep me entertained. And I don't know what the third one is. Number two, what is the hardest type of piece to write and or record? And conversely, which ones almost seem to write themselves? Uh, great question. The hardest is non-con or any kind of, of difficult fantasy like that where real life human emotions are going into it. And you know that a significant amount of your audience has suffered something. So anything that would imply abuse, uh, rape, those are the hard ones for me because they are very often requested, but you also know that you're, you're opening up a wound even if somebody's asking for it. So those are very, very difficult. Uh, the easiest ones are, well, they, they literally write themselves as they unfold. All the cowboy jacks are improv. Uh, if I'm feeling a certain way, uh, I put on a shitty accent, and uh, I just go for it. And amazingly, they all seem to have pretty okay third acts so far, knock on wood.
selves. Number three, do you enjoy acting as a character different from yourself or one that seems to be more similar to yourself? Number f- I don't enjoy acting. I'll just be honest with you. Uh, this whole this whole thing started because I wrote for years and nobody paid attention to anything. And then I put on a silly voice and people were all like, interesting, interesting. Uh, but if I could hide, if I could hire Kevin Spacey and James Spader to voice my stuff, absolutely I would. Number four, um, I read on your FAQ that you like reading nonfiction. So do you have any recommendations? And I really like The Economist. Forbes was so great like five years ago and now it's just a trash heap. Uh, the Economist, I think, is is really good. It doesn't align with my personal politics, but uh, I think it makes a lot of well-reasoned arguments. I used to really quite like a subreddit called True Reddit, which had a lot of articles, but it's become more opinion pieces and things along that nature. So I get a lot of my information now, sadly, off uh, my very curated Google News, which uh, I'm on fairly frequently. I'm always looking at the suggested for you section there. So I'd recommend starting up a Google News account and slowly but surely saying what you're interested in or not. And you'll start getting to essays pretty quick. That's all she wrote. I hope you have an amazing time in Europe and the envy is real. Can't wait to hear about it when you get back. Bye. Thank you so much. But you will hear about it long before I'm back. Uh, You will hear me complain about uh, being a house pet in Europe. It looks like we are at the end of the questions before I depart. It is going to go ahead and be one last one from Isa. Isa? And I lied. This is not the last question. Uh Uh-oh. Hey, Jack. Hi. I am so, so, so excited for you and for your trip to Europe. Thank you. Uh, I'm so jealous that you get to go to Europe, and I hope... Someday I finally get to. I bet you. Um, so I have some questions for you today. Let's do this. I'm kind of thinking of them on the fly. Okay, okay. So That's how I answer. Bear with me. Uh, first one being, my birthday is in 11 days. What do you do on your birthday? Do you have any weird traditions or presents that you've always wanted? Uh, nobody knows what my birthday is, so and that's how I like it. So I, I drink apricot beer, uh, and I play a Bethesda game, and I have a real good time. Uh, this year, unfortunately, because my fans are jerk faces, they have uh, figured out what, what my sign is. So I think on the blog, I'm just going to pretend that a day is my birthday uh, within the Leo spectrum. And I'm just going to be like, send me pictures of you with bows on, because you're my present. And we'll see how many people do it. Question number two. Is there anything in particular that you're super excited about for Europe? <laughs> um, meaning foods, any, anything. It could be anything. Uh, number. I'm actually super excited for shawarma. Uh, it's not available where I'm at at all. There's no place that does it. Just thinking about it makes my mouth water. <sighs> and then the beer over there is very cheap and very good. So that's exciting. Um, yeah, and and then it's not a romantic answer, but it is honest. Uh, I'm just looking forward to having a lot more time to write. That's going to be so nice, just having a lot more time to write and just chill out. Uh, I need it, frankly. Uh, I can feel myself 
overclocked, and it's time to unwind. Maybe. Three. There we go. Is there anything that you haven't learned yet about life? <laughs> um, <laughs> not being that deep, but meaning just things that you haven't learned, whether it be like a subject you'd learn in school wow. that you wish you would have learned more or wow. anything. Um, and number uh, I, I thought that might be the end of it, but I guess not. Is there anything I haven't learned about life? Baby, I haven't learned anything about life. Making it all up as it goes along. I'm like the Wizard of Oz without the curtain. This is all tenuous smoke that exists in the faintest blink of a dreamer's eye. This is all ad hoc. I don't know anything. <laughs> hey jack oh no I... it reset i'm so sorry michelle but we're doing it live so uh i'm not able to go back and answer question number five so i'm real i hope that you like my little beatnik improv at the end there i'm so sorry okay because i like we got a couple of more questions left here's mary ellen Hi, Jack. This is Mary Ellen. Um, I am curious um, when you decided to label yourself a feminist. I, um, if there was an event in your life that happened or you just came upon it naturally, um, I know it can be difficult um, even for women to call themselves feminists. Um, I imagine it is uh, hard for men just because of the culture that we grow up in. Um, and then my second question. Uh, I always, I always thought women were equal to men, and that didn't take any training. That didn't stop any of the other bullshit programming, but that fundamental base was always there. And I was always terrified of calling myself a feminist because I didn't want feminism to be judged on my bad behavior, which is what I feel like happens with isms. Um, by and large, I'm anti-ism. I'm anti-people declaring themselves as this or that. And yeah, I, I do try and preach a message of self-empowerment. But the event that really sadly got everything going is I read a young woman lamenting online. Uh, her name was the Skeptic. I had never, I'd never heard of her before. Uh, that she couldn't just go to a, a non-believer conference without being hit on and without men throwing themselves in elevators with her that she didn't know. And uh, nothing bad happened besides that, but she was lamenting that this is, hey, just because I'm here doesn't mean that I'm here for sexual interaction. And Richard Dawkins uh, savaged her, and he used really bad arguments against her that if you replaced woman with non-believer that he would chortle and choke about and that's when i realized that man no matter how small the circle <laughs> women women have it worse so it's either i speak up to other men and say like listen man i think there's a problem with the way that you and i both of us view and treat and talk to women uh or 
I, I be silent and uh, I be silent like a pirate. Uh, or I don't say anything and cause all kinds of trouble. So I figure it's better to cause trouble uh, with everybody knowing what your flag is than the other way around. My second question is, have you ever received flack for calling yourself a feminist from people? Um, and then uh, third question. I have. I've gotten it. I've gotten it both ways. More from from conservative people than uh, people to the left of me. But I have. Uh, my favorite example is I, I was labeled a feminist on something or other. I just put it in on my profile, and then I was asking about how to build a PC, and somebody uh, somebody who took the time to view my profile wrote out a comment like, uh, "Why don't you just buy a pre made computer with all your good boy feminist points?" And so occasionally you will see me refer to myself as having good boy points or GBPs because I thought, wow, like this guy is so mad that that thing's in my profile that he that he had to write that on a public forum. Uh, yikes, some people. question is, I heard that you were in a band when you were younger, and I was wondering... <laughs> Um, if you knew how to play an instrument, oh, um, and then my fourth question. Uh, okay. So apparently this is not a running gag everywhere. I grew up with a running gag where if somebody says some really cool sounding word soup that you just say, Oh man, that was my band's name in college. And I've just, it's, I've said it all my life and people around me have said it as well. Uh, but I say it on the internet, and people go, oh my god, what did you play? And I feel awful. question <laughs> is um, why you are not playing Pokemon Go. I know you mentioned it on Tumblr, but um, I wasn't really sure why. Um, you're not out there tearing up the battlefield. Um, my Lapras is 1100 CP, and I can't wait to kick your ass in the gym. Aww. So, I love it when a woman knows that her pocket monster is bigger and stronger than mine makes her much more attractive um i'm not playing because i'm not with my friends yet and i'm waiting for the global day and i'll play in europe don't worry don't worry i'm gonna make so many six-year-olds cry and then somebody told me like oh if you see it on your phone they see it on their phone you're not stealing it from them i'm like i don't think you'd get it i'm gonna steal the phone from the kid he's gonna be like charvazar charvazar and i'm just gonna take his phone i'm like who's the pokemon trainer now prison term here is like 18 months for a murder. I'm pretty sure stealing a kid's cell phone to get his pet dragon is like two minutes. I'll do it. I'll risk it. I'm not afraid of nothing. Uh, and to close us out for real this time, we have a series of questions from fan favorite Winch of the Scullery. Take it away, Winch. Hey, Jack. Hello. Um, congratulations on getting ready for the trip. I'm so excited for you. you too. I honestly can't remember if I'd sent in any questions, and so here's three in case you need them. Okay. Um, I would love to hear your answers. The first, when you get sort of ticked off or um, worked up, is there any uh, colorful language or curse words that you kind of indulge in that make you laugh uh, and help get out the frustration? And sec I don't. So profanity actually exists, or this is a theory of profanity, that it is explicitly designed for us to channel pain out of ourselves. 
that that is why we use profanity to begin with. That uh, one of our ancestors realized that if you say fuck nugget after dropping a rock on your foot, uh, you feel you feel much more you feel more okay about it, much more okay. Um, so that's a theory about profanity: is that it's all to channel negative emotions and sensations out of the body. Uh, I quite like that. So all profanity is good. Uh, the problem is, I'm just, I'm always kind of profane. You don't see that side of me, because you don't see me playing Overwatch. But I'm always, always a little bit profane. So I don't think it helps. I need to think, I think I need to de-profanitize myself for it to be more effective. Secondly, is there a um, particular person from history or fiction that you kind of identify with either in their character and their personality or in their journey. And I really identify with Ponder Stippens from the Discworld series. He's an intellectual. He is coming up with an operating theory on how everything works. He is constantly being proven wrong and he is rather aghast at that fact because but I'm right. But I that shouldn't that shouldn't work because I'm right. So I identify with him very much. And thirdly, you're taking off for a second time as the Grey Knight in your airplane and going off on adventures. What makes this trip different? And, uh, oh, God, all the best. Go have fun. Thank you so much. God, did you hear her voice there? What a smile I have. That is super fan winch. Uh, what makes this trip different? This is a working trip, not a vacation. I'm going to get a lot of work and a lot of writing done. I'm not abandoning you for a couple of weeks this time. Last time uh, I abandoned you. And mostly I feel a lot better about me and where I am and my connection with you guys. I have been crying and sobbing and so emotional the last two days. Um because you're the best, if you are listening to this, without irony, without exaggeration, you are the best thing that has happened to me. You are, as an individual, as a listener, as someone who sends in questions, I don't care. You're the best thing that ever happened to me, and I don't want to let you go even for a week. So I've been crying and like, I don't know, and so emotional. So that's different. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have the strength to be me. Whatever you think the message of the Grey Knight is that resonates with you, it's only because you give me that strength and courage that it can reach anyone. You are the reason I have anything, and thank you for it. So before I do get all emotional and the waterworks come back again, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. There is going to be one week off, and then there's a little uncertainty on what's going to happen. Uh, but shortly after, it'll be right back to normal. And I do mean shortly. We're talking about three or four weeks of confusion, not all together at once. So set your clock on it. There will be a podcast two weeks from today. You have my word, and then we'll figure it out as we go along. Uh, the live streams are going to be making their return. 
um, and a lot more work and writing is going to be done while I'm having a good time. What a two for one. <sighs> I am so excited for this. I can tell that you want me to have a good time. I'm going to have a good time. I hope you have a good time with me. Uh, yeah. I feel real lucky. I feel real fortunate. I... And I, I, I really am. I'm a lucky, lucky man. There's the waterworks starting again. We're going to head them off at the pass. This has already been <laughs> an unprofessional enough episode. Um, but I, I feel, I feel your love and I return it. I swear to you. And I will see you in about two weeks. I don't think we need to do any plugs after that. That would be insincere, wouldn't it? You're the best thing that ever happened to me. Find out more at my website. No, let's not go there. Let's just leave it on a note of love. Let's just have that quiet moment together. I'll see you in two weeks. I'll look forward to it until then. I really hope you enjoyed the pieces today. My heart and soul went into both of them. And one last time, thank you, thank you, thank you.